0: Morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Well, we're gonna, today is called Survey Sunday, and uh, we'll be taking uh, a survey after the service this week. I hope you'll s- stay with us. And because of that, I thought I'd hold off on Hebrews and try another key subject right now, as we're doing something that has to do with calling our new pastor. And uh, I don't think I need to tell you that uh, uh, Choosing a new pastor is an extremely, extremely important time in the life of our church. We're going to pick a new pastor. That's that's exciting, but it's important. In fact, I think it rates right up there with choosing a marriage partner. Wouldn't you agree? It's almost that serious. And uh, because of that, I think that we need to be reminded of the essential things that we should or should not do when making this monumental decision of choosing picking a new pastor. We want to avoid the mistakes that other churches have made when they've gone through this process because there are many churches that have made serious mistakes. And so this is not a mid-course correction because I think we've been going in the right direction, but it's a mid-course reminder on this survey Sunday about things we should or shouldn't do when picking a new pastor. And a great backdrop to this subject of things we should or shouldn't do when picking a new pastor is in first samuel chapter eight so if you have your bibles with you go to first samuel chapter eight and verses one through nine and the backdrop is when israel tried to pick a leader for themselves when they tried to pick someone to lead them and it's a real good parallel of how not to pick a new pastor <laughs> and so sometimes you can learn more from a failure than you can from its success and boy did they ever fail i mean wow they, uh, they blew it. They had an opportunity to have a great situation for the nation of Israel as they picked their leader, and they ruined it. And so, the title of the message today, again, is Things We Should or Should Not Do When Picking a New Pastor. First Samuel 8.1 When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as judges for Israel. The name of the firstborn was Joel, and the name of the second was Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah, and they said to him, You are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, remember that word, appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. And, when, and then verse 19 says the same thing. But when they said, give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. And as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt unto this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them, but warn them solemnly and let them know what the king who will reign over them will do. Number one, when picking a new pastor, we should make it a priority to make prayer a priority. We should make it a a priority to make prayer a priority. How many people were praying about this here in the land of Israel? It's It's not a trick question. One. One guy. And his name was Samuel. Think about it. You know, I love Isaiah th- or uh, Jeremiah 33:3: "Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know." I mean, doesn't it make sense to pray when you're picking a new pastor? You say, "We've been praying. Well, I'm just saying, keep praying, because there's a tendency to let down. Just one guy here, one that's mentioned is praying about the most important decision Israel will make. We've all got to be praying now more than ever. Amen? We're getting closer. Uh, And so we need to pray. Home groups, personal devotions, Sunday mornings, which we've been doing, church-wide prayer gathering. Pray for our Recruit family and friends to pray for you. I, I talked to a good friend in Tennessee this week, and he said, what can I pray for you about? Well, we're picking a new pastor. He said, I'll be praying. So we got somebody praying in Tennessee. See, here's our tendency is to do everything but pray when looking for a new pastor, especially after time goes by. We're going through procedures. We get tired, uh, you know, and we're just like kind of wearing out. Don't—let's not wear out about prayer. Let's heat up. Let's not cool down. Pray. Pray for protection from ourselves. (laughs) Pray for protection from bad people we've gone into churches to do interim work and they have been savaged by pastors who at first looked really good really good pray for wisdom discernment a move of god for restraint knowing when to, to move ahead i had the bulletin insert that the search committee gave us reprinted and put in the bulletin take it out if you've lost yours or forgot or never had one and keep praying for that God wants us to keep praying more than ever before. You know, it's interesting. When you look at Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, it's really interesting. Luke 12 through 16. I'll just read 12 and 13. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them who he also designated as apostles. What did Jesus do before he chose his apostles? He prayed all night on a mountain. Now, I'm not saying you have to go climb a mountain and pray all night. If you wanted, that'd be be great. But if Jesus didn't, did it rather, shouldn't we? He prayed before he chose his leadership. We need to pray, pray, pray. Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Number two. When we talk about the things we should or shouldn't do when picking a new pastor, we need to be careful not to run ahead of God's timing. Very, very important. Nor should we lag behind when God is moving, but don't run ahead. The worst possible thing we can do when looking for a new pastor, or for that matter, making any important decisions as a Christian is to get impatient and run ahead of God's timing. It seems quicker, but it's completely counterproductive to run ahead of God's timing. Anybody here ever not run ahead of God's timing? Notice how I asked the question. Um, Oh my goodness, how I could talk about it. Here's what happens. We get disillusioned or impatient about how we want things to go or to be to the point where we're willing to go against what God has said in order to make it happen on our own. They didn't want to wait to discern God's will. All right? Look here at verse 5. It's so interesting. They said to him, You're old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now! Do it now, Samuel. We want it now. Now, appointed king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. We want it now, now, now. And man, did that ever backfire on them. Their nowness killed them. I'll get to that in a minute. But what I want to say is this personally, saying this, my worst uh, decisions in life were the ones I made in haste. Okay, whether it's personally or with my, my, my wonderful kids or this church, I hurried. I wanted to expedite things and get it done, and I suffered god graciously restored the mistakes i made but it wasn't worth it now please hear what i'm about to say here when making decisions especially in choosing our new pastor we must make ourselves slaves to god's timing slaves slaves i chose that word on purpose slaves to god's timing not the timing of our impatience, not the timing of our expectations. It's well worth the wait not to be a slave to the now, but to the Holy Spirit. Okay? You know, God had been Israel's king for 300 years, and they, had they been patient, their next king would have been who? David! He was a man after God's own heart. Now, he made his mistakes, but he was a great king. But they ended up with a loser called Saul. When we hurry the process we make costly mistakes. God had been Israel's king for 300 years, but they couldn't wait any longer. They weren't satisfied. They wanted a king with skin on, one who they could flaunt, be proud of, live vicariously through, succeed through. They wanted to be like everybody else. And so they rushed. I love what Hebrews 10:36 in the New Living Translation says patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do god's will then you will receive all he has promised god and and by the way if we want to hurry god will let us did you know that if you want to hurry your decisions in life personally or as a church god will let you do it he'll he he won't force himself upon us he'll let us make our own decisions but you know what else will happen we'll bear the consequences Okay? Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And Saul turned out to be an awful king. Awful. Uh, Let me give you uh, his resume. Okay? He was a cruel, self-aggrandizing man who was over-demanding, oppressive. He abused his authority. He divided families for slave labor. He overtaxed and stole from the people. And if you go through the whole book of 1 Samuel, it tells us that at times he was a coward, a manipulator, someone who tried to use people, sought direction from a medium. He was egocentric, jealous, mostly out of fellowship with God, played the victim, passed the buck, was easily intimidated, disobedient to God. He was not respected, mentally and spiritually unstable, twisted the truth, stayed in denial, was impulsive, fleshly, and a poor decision maker. that's his resume and there's a story and circumstances behind each one of those things if you want to read the whole book a disaster you know sadly many truths can attest to the awful trial they've had to go through by picking the wrong man i don't want it to happen for our wonderful church that's why we have to be in his timing not our own and you know that could be the first guy that applies or that it were we interview it could be the last i don't know but I've known, I've known, and been, we've moved, gone into congregations, Deborah and I, in the last eight or eight years, or however long we've been, we're gone from, you know, about eight years. And huh, some of the guys look good, but they, underneath the surface, they really ravaged and savaged, wolves in sheep's clothing. And guess who got to clean up on aisle five? Me and Deb. And I'm glad that we were able to do that, but um, and it, it, God will restore the years of locusts of Eden but hey you know it's difficult to get back to ground zero because of the damage that some men will, who are called pastors will do and so we want to we want to win on the first time right so we got to do it in God's timing okay when we in a, when we reject God's timing you know what we you know what we're doing we're replacing God Or trying to. Look look at verse 6 and 7 of 1 Samuel 8. But when they said this, give us a king to lead us, this this, displeased Samuel. Uh, So he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord told him, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. When we move outside of God's timing, in these decisions like we're making as as a church, and personally, we are in effect uh, replacing God okay and that is a dangerous place to be very dangerous it's assuming that we have a better way to do stuff than God does and we need to avoid this at all costs and be slaves to the timing of God now the truth is fortunately God wants us to know his will for our important decisions in life and for us as a church family and he gives us the discerning the ways to discern the timing of his will regardless of the situation so we can receive the blessing of a specific answer i call it the fab five of finding god's will the fab five of finding god's will number one prayer we've already talked about that and i want to just say this really quickly do you know that our new pastor at a minimum, will affect us every Sunday morning for years? Don't you want to wake up when you get out of bed and go, can't wait to hear what Pastor says? Can't wait, because he's, he's filled with the Spirit. He loves God, and, 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 and he preaches the Word. How many people do not want to wake up out of bed on a Sunday morning for that? And he's a man of integrity, and he loves us and you would never even think of doing anything against us. Well, God wants that too. But he's saying, be a slave to my timing, whether it's on the front end or the back end. Okay, number two, fab five, prayer, circumstances and timing. This needs spiritual radar. God will move. He'll open and close doors. He'll move the chess pieces around on the board of life personally and as a church and he'll show us with tangible visual circumstances who the right and wrong guy is but we got to be discerning number three the fab five his word his word you say how does the word of god help us pick the right pastor because the more we read the word the closer to god we will get and the closer we are we hear better do you ever notice that when you're talking to someone the closest, closer you are you hear better okay what does the bible say psalm 119 105 your word is like a lamp to my feet and a light for my path godly counsels number four of the fab five talk to people you could trust that are filled with the spirit they give good advice and then finally a rightness from the holy spirit and as I've gone through life and made decisions, inside of me as a Christian, the Holy Spirit wants to give me, tell me right and tell me wrong. How many people here have ever violated that? Oh, I mean, how many have not violated that? <laughs> and paid dearly. And so we need to submit ourselves to God's timing and apply the fi- FABs to us personally and as a church. Number three. Things we should or shouldn't do uh, um, and when we're picking a new pastor. We should be careful to have the right reasons for calling a new pastor. God is test- is, wants to know what our motivation is. He wants us to do it for the right reasons. And so I'm going to give you the, the things we shouldn't do or why we shouldn't uh, pick a pastor and then why we should. Number one, why we shouldn't? To be like all other churches. Look at verse 5. It says, appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. Well, first church down the road, they got a pastor, and second church up the hill has a pastor. We want a pastor. Wrong. They wanted a leader so they could be like all other, all other nations. Someone to point out as their leader. Easy to get envious and jealous and, 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 and say, well, they have one. No, 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 no. If You know what I say? Better to stay single than to marry the wrong person. Better to remain single than to mar- marry the wrong person. I, I didn't expect that many amens. I don't know what, what, the, <laughs> what that's all about, actually, but I'll leave it alone. Um, and then don't, don't re- require a pastor because we lose visitors and tithers. Well, they visited, but they didn't come back. Well, God didn't want him to come back. Or maybe he did and they don't want to. Well, do you want someone here that doesn't want to be here? No. And forget about the money. God has been so faithful, hasn't he, here at Cedar Home? He's faithful. Don't worry about that stuff. Jesus can draw a crowd faster than you can say stiltskin. you know? He really can. Don't pray for, don't pray for uh, crowds and, and tithers. Pray Jesus be here. Jesus be here. Number three, don't, not don't, What's uh, h- not hire a slave, a pastor to be our slave to do the work of the ministry. Please don't hire a pastor uh, to, that, so that uh, he'll, he'll be our slave to do the w- work of the ministry. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to c- equip us to do the work of the ministry he's not our slave and the elders aren't our slave we are to be taught by them to do the work of the ministry that's us and then let's not pick a pastor so we can live vicariously through him People in verse nine, 19, 1 Samuel 8, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. Go, we're right behind you. No, 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 no. We are not to hire a pastor to, so that he can be working for us, but us working for him and with him. Okay. Reasons why we should have a pastor to train us to do the work of the ministry, to preach the word of God and the gospel clearly, and to lead shepherd and vision cast for us as God has gifted him, and then along with the other elders to help equip us to fulfill the unique role that God has given Cedar Home in this community to do our part with God's help to fulfill the great commandment and the great commission. Listen. We have a role in this community, Amen? We are the Uniquest church for Us in the community That's what we ought to be seeking God what is our role here And that's one of the reasons we we call the pastor To help us more quick uh, Define that Help us together define that And then move forward Fourth and last One here What what, What should we do when we're called To Uh, or shouldn't do when we're picking a new pastor. We should not confuse outward appearances and personality traits with inward qualities. Oh, the churches that could say, oh, if we could only do it over again. And I don't like saying that because I'm a pastor. I know what that, I I just don't like saying it, but it's true. Now let's look what happens here in chapter 9 of 1 Samuel verses 1 and 2. There was a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zerar, the son of Bekorath, the son of Aphiah, uh, of Benjamin. And he had a son named Saul, an impressive young man, without equal among the Israelites. Why? Because he was a head taller than, than any of the others and then look at verse well I don't know if, I, we don't have it but chapter 10 23 they ran and brought him Saul out and he stood among the people as he was a head taller than any of the others and Samuel said to all the people do you see the man the Lord has chosen there was no one like him among all the people why because he was a head taller <laughs> wow we gotta pick this guy he's tall <laughs> swoon swoon it's mentioned twice. The only thing that's said about Sam is he's tall. That's the only quality. Not necessarily a measure of spiritual depth, his tallness. And thank good that pastors are not called because they're tall, because I would never have become a pastor, right? <laughs> you know, David, their king, when he was picked after uh, Saul, god said he was a man after god's own heart he was a man after god's own heart first samuel 16 7 god looks on the outward appearance but the lord looks at the Ooh, that was awful god looks after the outward appearance the lord looks at the heart god looks at god does not look after the outward appearance he looks at the there we go that's what we want in our new pastor someone with heart his first, the, the value of our new pastor shouldn't be in his gifts and in his education or his appearance. Because, you know, what, Paul, what did Paul say to the Corinthians? First chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7, he said, you come behind in no gift. You got all the gifts, man. You're preaching, you're teaching, administrating, you're speaking in tongues and this, that, 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 and the other thing. But they were the most immature, divisive, carnal, selfish church in the Bible. You can have all the gifts and be a disaster. What's important? To be close to Jesus, spirit-filled, have spiritual character. That's the most important thing of all. The one interim that we went into, their pastor was a good preacher. He was winsome in his personality, and he absolutely devastated and destroyed the church through his lack of character. If you want to know where the character is, go to... Uh, 1 Timothy 3, 1-7, and Titus 1, 5 through 5-9 for the character that we're looking for. I wish I could read them, but I'm pretty much out of time. So what's our mid-course reminder today? Think about it as you take the survey. Our mid-course reminder is this. Make it a priority to make prayer a priority. Can you say that with me? Make it a priority to make prayer a priority. Number two... We must be careful to not run ahead of God's timing. Together, we must be careful not to run ahead of God's timing. Number three, we must be careful to have the right reasons. Let's say it together. We must be careful to have the right reasons. And finally... (laughs) Okay, I forgive forgive you for that. Number four... We shouldn't confuse outward appearances with inward qualities. Together, we shouldn't confuse outward appearances with inward qualities. Father God, I lift my hands to you in front of this congregation, and we pray that these would be the qualities of our new pastor. Give our search team mass discernment, mass humility, mass knowledge to hear your voice and help us all as a congregation to go, amen when we know of you've worked on our behalf for our future. And all God's people said, amen.